I'm Julie. And I'm Darcy. And this is Classroom Crusaders. We're listening, learning, and leading. So um, welcome back, Darcy, uh, and welcome back to us. We took a little hiatus because this summer became very busy. I was doing a lot of traveling and um, professional development for teachers, and Darcy, you were in France trying all different types of new things, so we decided rather than try to podcast and blog to just um, let the summer be the summer. But the summer is over. We are recording on Labor Day, actually. And um, Darcy, you're already back in the classroom. How's it going? I am. I am two weeks back. So I flew back from France and started work two days later. And um, then I got kids a week after that. And uh, the school year's off to an amazing start. Uh, It's probably my most well-organized curriculum layout so far (laughs) that probably feels good it feels really good um and the this group of kids seems like they're gonna be just awesome and um yeah we're off to we're off and running for sure and we hit the ground running and we're going and they're doing awesome so and it's interesting I can just talk about this the whole podcast, Julie. We, I, you know, um, no, I know you. I know you could. And I, what I was about to ask you is, you and I talk all the time about how every year of teaching feels like the first year. Yeah. No matter how long that you have taught, um, the kids are different. You're different. What you've always counted on for routines and procedures might not resonate. So, so how do you begin? How do you know how to begin? And since you've already um, started the year, I'm curious, what, um, what did you do to kick it off? Right. Well, and that's then, you know, that's what we're talking about today is that every year is the first year back to school thing. And um, so one of the things, the way I've been starting my years, the last couple of years is with a letter to me. And um, so on the first day of school, the kids come in. Now, there's other layers to this, too, because since Julie and I have been working together, you know, one of my goals with my students is to train the students on using task cards. And so the first day they come into class, uh, we talk about the task cards and I talk them through how the task cards are set up um, and we read through it together and I get them going. But they actually, day one, they have a task card in front of them with step-by-step instructions Um, And I haven't always used that for my letters, but the last two years I have. And um, so anyway, so I start out with a letter to me and uh, they, it's just a really nice way for me to get a writing sample because I want to see what level my kids are at. I want to see where their grammar is, their punctuation is, and I want to get to know them a little bit. And so um, that's what they did. And I have uh, a question about that. Yeah. So I, I love this idea and I completely agree with you that it's important to get the kids writing immediately on day one, both so that you do have some writing that you can use as a pre-assessment, but also, yeah, to get to know them. I'm curious, do you give them a structure for this letter or are you pretty um, open to, to however they want to approach it? No, yeah, I do. I take advantage of the opportunity to teach friendly letter format. 
And so they write it in friendly letter format. Um, it cracks me up that most of them still don't know their addresses. Um, and so <laughs> I make a joke about that in the video that I make for them <laughs> about, you know, like you need to know where you live. And um, so, yeah, so they have to do that. And then I give them the topics to talk about also. I have a list. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a small piece of it, I ask them about their family. And part of that is so that I can get a read on what kind of home life they have, too, um, so that I can I can better accommodate their needs um, with that also. So, yeah. What are some of the other topics that you ask them um, to so write I ask about? Family, pets, what their interests are. I ask them... Um, oh, what their what they feel are their strengths and weaknesses in language arts. Um, do they like school? Um, do they play sports? Uh, which ones? And and then I actually used one of the things we talked about in the podcast uh, <laughs> in an earlier episode, um, which was what's one thing you wish I would know. Um, mm-hmm. And so. Um, I'm really, okay, It is, I'm, we're just finishing our second week. I actually haven't read them yet, and I feel really bad about it, so that's on my list of things to do today um, because I really do enjoy them. Um, so, But, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that and to see where the kids are, are at. So, I'm curious, too. Do you write a letter to them? Um, I don't. That might be an interesting experiment um, maybe next year, but – um, I love that idea of writing alongside yes. our students. I used to do that a lot um, when we would write poetry, especially. I would try to do the assignments with them. And when you were talking about these letters and these different topics, it it made me think about, um, it, you know, the idea of writing to them as well mm-hmm. and doing the letter as well. Yeah, I have written letters to my students at, at other times, um, but... Yeah, for this beginning of the year one, I I did not write one this year. And it actually was probably more due to time because I ended up wasting a day making these ridiculous photos of myself to hang around my classroom. Which um, I saw and I loved. We should include some oh, um, yes. in the blog post. <laughs> yes, we, we might just put a picture of those on the blog pe- post because they're hilarious. I don't know why I didn't think of this years ago. <laughs> Because it really is my personality um, to do this. But yeah, so I basically just took a bunch of selfies and captioned them. Um, I put one by the clock that said, why are you looking at the clock? This is the best class ever. And I look (laughs) really excited in my picture. That's probably my favorite one. Um, And then there's just some other random ones. It took a couple days for them to find the one on the ceiling. And so... And I think what I'll do is I'll end up changing the captions around a little bit and just see when they notice when I say when I'm saying something else. <laughs> so that's my well, point. I love I love that you're bringing humor and fun into the classroom, because I think sometimes students story of school is I have to be quiet and this is serious and the teacher tells me what to do and creating that culture um, is so important and those pictures um, and the captions that go along with them are part of how you're establishing the culture of your classroom, which you want to be um, lively and collaborative. And there, there ideally would be some humor and fun and all of that. So yeah. I, I really, I really love 
that you're doing that. And just to piggyback on um, the letter to the teacher, when I was in the classroom, I, I loved to have my students write six word memoirs. Um, and, and I had a whole process for this. What I did is before the students came to class, I had um, strips of paper in jars and the, the papers had different words and phrases. So, you know, you may remember magnetic poetry or things like that. It was similar. And um, I would give them some exemplars. There's a great book called I Can't Keep My Own Secrets. Um, and we'll link it in the blog post that has some examples of six word memoirs written by um, middle school and high school students. So I, I shared the exemplars. I also shared a six word memoir that I wrote with the class. And the task that they had um, that first week was to write their own six-word memoir This that would give me and the class a sense of who they are and what matters to them. Um, and the reason I had the words and phrases in the jar was because I wanted to make sure I was supporting my English language learners or my students who just really weren't sure how to get started. They needed some, some inspiration. Um, my favorite part of this is I saved their six word memoirs and later in the year we went back to them mm -hmm. and they did a reflection exercise where they had to think about, is this still the six words that define me? Do I see myself differently now? And if so, what has changed? And that led into a final essay assignment where the students used their six word memoir and they wrote about how they had changed and grown um, that year in English class. Yeah. And, you know, I actually was thinking about doing that with the with the letters too, saving the letters and then giving them back at the end of the year, because we already started learning some grammar and punctuation things that some of them have made errors with. And so um, I'm like, oh, wow, I wonder if they'd catch that, you know, later in the year, you know, or whatever. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And think about it. We're always wanting to make their progress visible to them. Right. And so often they come to us and they have that mindset of, I'm not a good writer. I hate writing. I don't want to do it. I'm never going to be better at it. And it's powerful when you actually put side by side something they did in the beginning of the year yeah. and something they did at the end of the year because it's actually visible to them, mm -hmm. their own growth and um, development as writers. So I love I love that idea of circling back to something. Um, another thing that I've done is, you know, giving the same writing prompt several times throughout the year. And then they have multiple pieces of writing in response to that one writing prompt and they can see, um, you know, the, the difference in how they responded to the prompt as they had more time with me and more to your point, grammar and writing instruction. Yeah. Can you, can you off the top of your head, think of any of those writing prompts that you would give that would be open-ended enough to do multiple times? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and it, it's an opportunity for me to say, something that I feel really strongly about, which is we need to bring more joy into the writing process. Mm -hmm. The common core, um, and I'm not opposed to the common core, but I will say there's been such a shift and an emphasis on reading informational text, having a claim, supporting it with evidence that I'm noticing when I coach teachers that students don't know how to write about themselves. 
mm-hmm. and their opinions and their ideas anymore because we've we've gone so far in the other direction. So I think writing prompts that that are much more um, personal and much more about opinion. You know, a writing prompt might be something like. Um, who who is the person that um, you've learned the most from? Mm-hmm. And it can be a character. It can be a family member. It could be, um, you know, um, an actor in a movie. But that allows them um, to have more open-endedness in terms of what they draw on. I love to give them scenario writing prompts. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it, you know, if, if you were out hiking with a group of friends and... Um, you lost your way and the compass was broken, what would you do, you know, to, to get a sense of, of how they how they would respond to that. So yeah. there's a lot of great books and resources out there that have re- ready to go writing prompts as well. And we, we can put some of them in the blog. Yeah. Awesome. I know. What's your next? <laughs> what's your next? Um, suggestion for kicking off the year I know I you know it's funny because I I always think of so many stories whenever we're talking and I had a funny <laughs> oh, I don't want to digress okay let's okay. let's stay focused <laughs> um, back to school back to back school to it's back to school it's back to school uh the second thing that I thought of was doing speed conversations And this is kind of, I mean, it's kind of like an icebreaker thing. It's, it gives kids an opportunity just to talk with each other. Um, and you end up learning things that you never, you know, thought that you would learn about people. And it, so it's just a good way for kids that wouldn't normally speak together to get together and and do that. And, um, so what you do is, uh, I put my desks, they're in pairs and they're facing each other in a circle and then you divide your class you know, put half in the middle, half on the outside. And, um, you set a timer and they, it has to be fairly short because they, otherwise they end up both talking in the same time frame. Like I think I had used like a minute the first time I did it. And then both kids had already shared what they were going to share. Um, so anywho, they, I have a whole list of questions. And so I give them a question like, you know, if your if your house was on fire, what would be the thing? What would be the three things you would grab? Um, if you know you met a bear in the woods, what would you do? You know that sort of a thing. And um, or if the electricity goes out, what do you do? You know that sort of thing. And you can Google questions. You can make up your questions. Um, and so they do that. But it's really fun. And you, they just take turns sharing. There, I had a student. I did this with. I played along with them. And there was a student that she and I, personality-wise, like, we just did not mesh. Um, I don't know what it was. Like, I, I just, I can't even start to guess. But we ended up getting paired up for this speed conversation thing. And she and I laughed together. And it was, it was awesome. Because... You know, for me as an as an adult with a developed brain, <laughs> you know, from then on, it just made it easier to talk to her because we had shared a connection together. Um, and it wasn't even that we had the same idea. I think we ended up getting the one about the electricity going out and her answer was so off the wall and she was so and she thought my answer was so off the wall that we laughed. 
you know, and so I, I just think that that really made a difference for, um, for her and I's relationship. And, um, so it's, it's a great way to get kids talking to each other and probably not something that they've done before either. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, there, there, there might be the undertone of speed dating, but it's not. (laughs) Well, and what I love about this is you did it with them again. Like, I think that's kind of a theme that we're, we're starting to see is, is we often do icebreakers or give first week assignments, but what would happen if we did them with our students and how is that going to support the creation of a more student-centered classroom where they don't see the teacher as the the expert or the director but they see the teacher as just another person engaging in this learning experience so i think um i love that you were doing it with them because i think that helps set that tone right away um and I think, I think too, the other thing that's so great about this is there's no academic pressure here. No, it's, not at it all. doesn't require that they are an expert or that they remember something about, um, you know, the the book that they read last year. It's really just scenarios and funny questions, and there are no right or wrong answers. Mm-hmm. And that's something else I think is so important to stress. The first week of school regardless of what subject you teach. And I know we need to do pre-assessment and I'm not saying we shouldn't. It's important, we need data, we need to get to know our students. But I really recommend trying to avoid activities that have right or wrong answers where students might feel singled out because you're absolutely right. They're still getting to know each other. They're getting to know their teacher. They're trying to transition out of the summer back to school. So I just think lowering the stakes and emphasizing communication and collaboration yeah. and fun and creativity, um, to me, that's that's going to set the tone um, rather than doing a bunch of, of pre-assessments. And, and I know it's a balance. So similar to, to what you just shared, Darcy, one of my favorite icebreakers is Go Go Mo. Give one, get one, move on. So this is an icebreaker where students learn each other's names and details about each other. And in this protocol, you give the students a graphic organizer with different boxes. Each box has a question and the students respond to the question um, and write down details about themselves. Then you play music and when you stop the music, the kids pair up and they give a detail and they get a detail. So it's a way for them to share with each other different things about themselves and learn about each other as well. What I love about this is you can then use it for academic purposes. Um, So for example, let's say you're teaching figurative language, you've been teaching it for a while and you want to do a formative assessment and check in and see what your kids know, you can do go, go, mo and ask them to write down what's everything that you know about figurative language, have them stand up, play the music. When it stops, they pair up, they give a detail about figurative language and they get a detail. Mm -hmm. So it's a great review activity. I am a really big fan of being very strategic in terms of icebreakers and first week activities. If, if I'm going to introduce something, I'm very likely going to use that again. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want kids to, to 
to know that I'm being thoughtful. And I also want them to be able to make connections and be able to say, oh, we did go, go, mo the first week of school. Now we're going to do it again. And it will become um, just something that they they can transition into really quickly. But I think similar to um, the speed conversations that you shared, Darcy, uh, with with Go Go Mo, the first time that you do it, it's so important that the questions that you give students are are fun, light yeah. questions, questions that um, you know they they are going to be able to easily answer. And I want to say too, I I would recommend not asking students questions like where did you go on vacation this summer. Right. I think we need to remember that. Um, to your point earlier, Darcy, we don't know um, our our students yet. And so there may be students who definitely didn't go on a vacation and we don't want them to feel badly about that. So right. I think questions that are more um, like what you said, Darcy, if your house is on fire, what are the three things that you would take with you? Those types of scenario questions lower the stakes a little bit for kids because the last thing we want to do is is make someone feel lesser than or single them out. Right. Yep. What's your next one? Oh, let's see. What was my next one? Oh, it was the poetry portfolio. Yes. Now, this one is one that you can um, adjust to your needs. And so... Um, I learned this initially from the teacher that I student taught with, and it was it it worked so well. Um, so what he did was he would introduce a different type of poem every day in class, uh, and so this is where the choice comes in because you can choose whatever type of poem you want to introduce, and then you can also choose how long you run it for. And he ran it for two weeks, which I think is probably, I, I would I would probably not do it for that long, but you could if you want. <laughs> um, so, but it works really cool because then they come in and you give a mini lesson about the type of poem. And this is one where it's very important to write alongside them and actually have examples to show them because that's going to set the tone and the expectation for what they do. Um, so when I use this, I, I have poems ready to show them from my own personal life and um, it just, it works so well. And the ultimate goal is to have a portfolio. They illustrate it, they bind it with care. That was mm. like a, a key phrase so they could choose how to put it together. And it was supposed to be something, you know, that they would want to keep and that something that was important that they had invested a little bit of themselves in um, to have. And so, it's just a, it's a fun way to start out the year. Again, it's kind of a lower stakes kind of thing. You get to know them. Uh, there was no requirement to share their mm. poems with with each like other that. per se. Um, so, but yeah, they could they could learn odes. They could learn um, you know do a free verse. We did the I'm from poems. Everybody yeah. knows I'm from yeah. poems, um, and that sort of thing. You can hit some grammar and punctuation things. All sorts of stuff can come out of this portfolio. So it's a great way to start the year. Well, and what I love about this is, again, and every time we do this podcast, we end up having sort of a theme without even realizing our theme. But <laughs> it, it feels like our theme um, and what keep we keep coming back to is this writing alongside the students. And then the yep. second theme is this idea of no right or wrong answers. Give them the space to write about themselves. Um, 
and also give them a lot of support, whether it's slips of paper that have words and phrases, exemplars, um, memoirs or poems that, that you've written as the teacher. And, and I love that this is not about turning something in or standing up and reading your poem. And I also love that a lot of the poems, that the types of poems, are poems that they they don't have this mystery they have to figure out, right? You're giving right. them a structure, yep. you're giving them a template. And I think that those those types of choices in the beginning of the year are so important. I will never forget, I think it was, I don't remember how many years I've been teaching, but one of my students came up to me and said, you keep telling me to write an essay, but I don't know what you mean. Yeah. And that just hit me like a hammer because honestly, we we use these terms and this language and we assume that students know what we're talking about but but they might not and at this point mm -hmm. in the year it's so early on we don't know what they don't know and so to to ask them to write a sonnet you know the first week <laughs> would be incredibly unfair right and so yes, it would. I, I like that you specifically said odes or I am from poems because I think those are structures that feel manageable and a little bit lower stakes. Yeah. I love that. My my last suggestion, and we've talked about this briefly on the podcast before, I feel like this is something I have, I have such a, a passion for and it's that idea of class is a conversation and the teacher doesn't run the show. Generate your class norms together. You know, so often I will go into classrooms um, and I'll see the class rules on an anchor chart posted on the wall. And when I talk to teachers, the teachers will share, they, they came up with the rules and they put them on the syllabus or they put the anchor chart up on the wall before the kids even walked into the classroom. Mm -hmm. And what I think is problematic about that is you're actually creating norms for people you don't even know yet and a classroom environment that hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. And I really think we all have to do it. In the first couple of weeks of school, you do need to set expectations. You do need to have a sense of what the norms are going to be. But I, I can't say enough about doing it with your students. Mm -hmm. Invite them into the conversation. And what I recommend is ask your students to think about an experience they've already had. Maybe they were on a sports team, they were in a play, um, any sort of group that they've been a part of and, and have them start to talk about what that group did really well so that they could be successful. And as you start to chart these things out, you of course can build on their ideas, ask questions, um, and, and this brainstorm and list will, will be what you end up choosing your norms from as a class. Mm -hmm. Then you put it on the anchor chart. In fact, I would have a student write it, not you. Mm -hmm. Maybe all the students sign it. You know, make it about them, not about you. Hang it up on the wall. And, and it's a visual reminder um, that we generated these together. We, we felt strongly about them together. And then you know, um, equally important, revisit them because hopefully things will change, right? Yeah. My, my yeah. favorite norms, um, are stay in your own lane, move with speed, do you ask for help and give one to get one. And, you know, I might have those norms and set those norms with my kids. And then in November I might say, Hey, how are we doing? 
Are we moving with speed? Do we even need that on our list or are we already doing that? And I think that again, that makes progress visible and it really helps students see the areas that they still need to work in as a class and the areas that they've grown in. Um, yeah. So I think I think this one is so important. You got to do it together. It'll make them more invested in following the norms, um, and it'll show them that they have a voice in your classroom. Yeah, and I was thinking even when I saw this was on your list, um, a way to kind of help guide the students too in their brainstorm would do a looks like sounds like yes. chart. Um, that could be really helpful with this. Of you know what would it you know, what do we want our classroom to look like? What do we want it to sound like? And, um, and then, yeah, same thing. You could come back and revisit it. You know, what are we looking like? What are we sounding like? And, and doing it like that. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think I, you know, I've even worked with teachers who took some video and had the students watch the video, you know, um, this is us transitioning in our station rotation. What do you yeah. think? How are we doing? Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunities there for reflection and goal setting and, you know, other strategies that I know you and I both think are are very important. So our hope is if you're listening, um, that one of these or maybe several of these suggestions resonated um, with you. And if you are trying to create a student centered classroom where students really have voice choice, agency, and ownership, um, I think that all of these suggestions are are going to be the first step in creating that type of culture. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope that you have a great beginning to your school year, and we are going to be podcasting more regularly and getting on our routine, and so we hope that you will join us again soon. Yes, and we will post all of these suggestions on our blog. Um, and uh, as Darcy said, yes, we, we will be a, a regular blog and podcast now that we are back at school. Please check us out at um, classroomcrusaders.com. You can subscribe on iTunes. Um, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Our next episode will be posted soon. If you want to follow the crusade, subscribe on our website, www.classroomcrusaders.com.